passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into another edition of Inside Carolina's Noon Dish, the preeminent Don Callahan show on the interwebs. Host Tommy Ashley, that's the expert, Don Callahan. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. We've got a special guest with Andrew Ivins, 24-7's director of scouting, will join us in a little bit. He's got some some takes and some comments on a Carolina quarterback recruit that a lot of people don't know a whole lot about. Andrew will certainly provide some color on that as well as a couple other guys he's seen in person and, and has some opinions on. Don, as usual, will impart his wisdom. If you uh, are on the Tar Pit Premium message board, you, you had to have read the scoop already, dropped yesterday. Don details the official visit tracker for nearly every North Carolina target out there, as well as, as, well as something I always find interesting. Where else are they visiting? That's on there. And, of course, Don's favorite segment, we'll have a top five at the end of the day. Uh, top five musical artists will be our, our angle. I'm going to go with bands and then maybe one artist. Um, we'll see where Don wants to go with it. And as always, drop your, drop your stuff in the YouTube chat, drop it on the message boards, wherever you want to go with it. And I'm going to turn it to Don to recognize last week's chat MVP. Paul H. We're dedicating this episode to Paul H. There were actually a lot of people who were very, very active in the chat last week. So congratulations to you guys. Not so active today. So, uh, the, I guess the chat MVP for today is wide open. So, but wide Paul H, open. Paul H is our guy from last week. So this, this podcast is dedicated to Paul H. Yep. So Paul, if you're here, appreciate you joining us again. Anybody that's in the chat, drop questions, drop comments, uh, rate, review, subscribe, and of course support Johnny t-shirt and Johnny t-shirt.com. They're always sponsors of this podcast, always a way for you to uh, support locally owned and alumni operated businesses in chapel hill look it you know times are tough for some times are good for others but there's never a bad time to support local businesses and johnny t-shirts one of those ones that's been there forever uh, they've been there since i was in school and well beyond so take care of them they have a lot of people that support them but they could always use more and you get 10 percent off your everyday order if you're a premium subscriber if you're not a premium subscriber you're probably not going to know what we're talking about right now because we're going to look briefly at the scoop um, and the official visit tracker ahead of Andrew Ivins joining us joining us a little bit later in the show. Don, when, when I look at your, your weekly scoop, I see a lot of visits. We've mm-hmm. talked about the rule changes and all that for these young players and young men that can visit wherever and whenever and however many times. But you've got it detailed here. I want to start. My first question is going to be not on a particular player, but on a particular day. It looks mm-hmm. like June the 23rd is a big day for North Carolina football. A lot of important visits, a lot of important targets, several commitments are visiting on that day. Why June 23rd? Why has that become such a big, uh, a big day for North Carolina recruiting this summer? So, when I've kind of dug into this stuff and obviously I'm not looking at every single school, but there's certain schools, obviously I'm, I, that North Carolina crosses paths with a lot to where I can kind of get a, a grasp of their strategy. So every school has like a strategy for this month. And just let me like take a step back. 
you know, we official visits actually could start taking place on April 1st, but most, almost all recruits are waiting until June to take their official visits. It just makes the most sense from a scheduling standpoint for both the, the, the recruits, their families, and for the schools. So, and then we have the dead period, the summer dead period that begins on, I believe, June 27th or 28th. And what that basically does is if you're like most recruits and you're only taking your official visits in June, you're probably there's only four weekends in June. And weekends typically are the easiest to take official visits on for obvious reasons. Uh, if you, there are some exceptions of guys who are trying to take visits midweek. If you look at this list, we have, I don't even know how many recruits are listed here. Um, all of North Carolina's offered guys. The guys at North Carolina is actually like actually seriously recruiting at this point are listed four, on here. I see 41 names on your list. Well, that's 41. That's who either are committed or who have scheduled. There's other guys who intend on scheduling. So it's, so it's even larger than that. So um, of them, only two have five official visits scheduled, which I think is pretty interesting. You know, compared to we were talking about the new rule and how after actually in July, starting in July, you get unlimited official visits. But um, really what we've seen is most recruits and I'm only taking four or only have four scheduled. And so with that, to get back to your question, we have four weekends, North Carolina and every, every school has their strategy. As I mentioned, <clears throat> North Carolina strategy for a lot of the recruits is let's get that last at bat. Let's see what happens with in, in every situation. You got to take a case by case. I know you don't like when I say that, but you really do. You have to take a case by case. But in a lot of situations where you know a kid who's going to go the distance, who's going to wait until July or August to make a decision, who's not, who you don't think is going to commit in June. I mean, they're high school kids, so you it's you don't want to get into the assumption game, but you have to to a degree. So you want to get that final bat. So you want to see. What are they saying coming out of these other visits? What sticks out to them? What resonates? Who, you know, what, what coaches they mentioned at other schools? What do they mention about their parents? Stick, what has stuck out to their parents? That sort of stuff. What do you have to kind of overcome? Where's the recruitment going and all that sort of stuff? So you get that last at bat and it makes it easier to combat those things. Now, the danger is, is that you can get a kid who you have that last weekend and on the second weekend they commit to another school and shut it down. There is that danger. But for North Carolina, the strategy for the majority of their top targets, there are top targets taking visits this coming weekend, the next weekend, the weekend after that. But for a lot of them, that June 23rd weekend is their target weekend for North Carolina. Yeah, you don't want somebody to fall in love before they get they get to you, um, before they go on their date with you. But it, when we're looking at these uh, these summer visits, let me ask you just sort of a general question here. Obviously, when you when you visit in the fall, there's a game. Um, you know, visit in the spring, there's a basketball game and all that. When when they're visiting in the summertime, mm -hmm. what what are those? How are those visits typically scheduled or not scheduled, but organized? What's going on there for? Say say, uh, Tommy linebacker is visiting in in June in mm -hmm. the summer. Uh, what am I doing? What are they trying to show me? What are these schools? you know, specifically Carolina, since we're talking North Carolina, what, what's that visit look like um, from your perspective and, and what they're trying to do and what they're showing me, the prospect, in the middle of the summer? So there's a whole lot of eating. That's the one thing you'll get from a lot of recruits after their visit. It's just about the amount of food, how good the food is. So they're taking recruits to Bin 54, all the, the top restaurants in the in the Chapel Hill area, the, the recruits will also, they'll have a, a, a host, a player host who will take them out. So typically Friday they arrive, they have, they have depending on what time they arrive, um, they'll have dinner, they'll go out with their host. And then Saturday usually is a lot of, um, you know, stuff, a lot of meetings with different people, with, you know, your position coach, with, um, you know, nutritionist, the strength and, and conditioning coach, the academic people. And there'll be some fun in there too. There'll be lot, like I said, lots and lots and lots of eating. There were some official visits last year where they played laser tag in Keaton Stadium. So you do try to add some fun to it for sure. I mean, the goal definitely is for everyone to have a good time, but also to mix in some information. And then typically that Sunday when they leave is when they usually will meet with Mac Brown right before they leave and 
that's where Mac Brown kind of ties up the loose ends. And that's really where Mac Brown thrives at the most is in that, that uh, meeting. But this kind of ties in with your question. We had, where was it? Eric in the, in the chat asked how big of a month of June uh, with recruiting for Mac and this team. And um, yeah, it's huge because really North Carolina, like most schools want to have their, the majority of their class. If not, if, if they could have the entire class committed by the end of the summer, they would. That's probably unrealistic. But if you look at, look at the past couple of classes, UNC has had 80, 90% of its class kind of locked in before the end of the summer. So, you know, UNC does have what 13 commits now. So we're about, little over halfway now. So, so this is, this is a big month. This is going to really kind of determine where North Carolina is. And I think, you know, the question always, always is, is North Carolina going to return to the top 25 in the team rankings? Well, this month will determine that if you can swing some of these four stars that people are projecting elsewhere into North Carolina's favor, then that's going to help North Carolina's chances with getting back into that top 25 in this class. You know, we, we've talked about getting these commits early, um, and, and Max always been that way. Um, he was that way at Texas and all, and it's good to get it out of the way, and then you can move on to the to the next class. But it's sort of when you do that with signing day in December, uh, what do you do? Like it, this coming season doesn't matter to these yeah. guys. You've talked about it a lot that the coming season that the win loss record is not really a thing for recruits, but the trajectory is how do you combat or, or how do you sort of marry the fact that you have um the body of work that's already on tape from last season with the expectations of this season and these guys wanting to commit before that even happens. Yeah, well you you, you don't have the benefit of this coming season really. And right. so you basically have to take what has happened and I mean, I don't want to use this word because it sounds bad, but you spin, you want to basically set the narrative, I guess it's probably a better, better way, kind of control the narrative on what it is. I mean, obviously we've seen Mac Brown, he's going to talk about nine wins. He's going to talk about just what the, pro where the program was at prior to his arrival, what they've done, what they've done against NC state, what they've done against uh, Wake Forest and Duke and what UNC has done against those rivals prior to his arrival arriving and then kind of paint the picture of, Hey, we're on the rise. We need you to help continue that rise. And we have a Heisman trophy contending quarterback. This season is going to help us, but obviously we need players beyond that. And you're, you're a guy that we really want who can help us reach the heights. We played for the, for the ACC championship last year. Obviously we want to win the ACC championship. So we got to get guys like you, to kind of get over that hump. I mean, that's, that's, that's basically what it is. I mean, you can't change obviously the past, but you can kind of control the narrative a little bit. Cause you know how it is. I mean, it's, 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 a, there's a little bit of a game in here. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to bring in our special guest here. If I can get the graphics correct, let's see what we can do. Watch this, Don, check this out right here. Boom. Boom. All Mr. right, Ant Andrew. Mr. Andrew Ivins, 24-7's director of scouting, joins us. Don, I'm going to turn it over to you. You guys are the experts, so I'm going to sit back. I'm I don't enjoy... know about me I'm being in... the expert, but well, Andrew definitely is. Well, you know, you're a local expert. He's a national <laughs> guy. So I'm going to let you take it over, and then I'm going to chime in with a few questions, maybe pull some from the chat as well. Take off, Don. Andrew, thank you for being on. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I am uh, just going through quarterbacks. I, I thought you said – 1215 so i apologize for being a little late to the party here no no well we we wanted you on a 1215 we started <laughs> at 12 but you know, you're good you're per perfect timing awesome awesome yeah so you mentioned quarterbacks that's a great segue for what i wanted to get with you on is uh michael merdinger first he has a very interesting backstory which you wrote about um tremendous story on him can you kind of just lay out just with this kid how how did he get to this point from his background yeah for sure I mean I think I should probably start kind of maybe with the first exposure points I did have to to Michael and you know he's at Cardinal Gibbons High School um, which is about 15 minutes from where I live I'm kind of in the ground zero for um, 
the recruiting in South Florida. I'm in Fort Lauderdale and, and Cardinal Gibbons is a school that always has, has kids and they always seem to be part of some spring jamboree or a referee scrimmage. So I, I think I saw Cardinal Gibbons three times last season and they had some, some different players that ended up at power five programs, but they had a quarterback by the name of Dylan Rizik who uh, ended up signing with UCF and, you know, uh, we weren't as high on, on Rizik as some of the others, and he kind of struggled, I thought, as a senior, more of a, a guy that would look to run than, than throw it. But given that these weren't games that really didn't count some of these scrimmages and jamborees, uh, they would bring Michael Merdinger in, into the game. And every time he got in with the ones, I was like, all right, well, like, the offense moves when this kid's in there. And I, I didn't really know, you know, much about him, but I, I thought it was certainly notable or noticeable to – the eye that this quarterback had something and he ended up starting one game as a junior for Cardinal Gibbons. Dylan was kind of their guy. Then you fast forward really to um, this past winter, you know, when, when teams are building out their recruiting boards and uh, at a group of five program, bring up Merdinger to me and they're like, Hey, have you heard his story? I'm like, no, no. What, what is it? They're like, this kid taught himself how to throw a football over YouTube. So he started picking up a few offers. He was good at an Elite 11 regional, won an accuracy accuracy challenge that day, and then um, they were playing in a seven-on-seven tournament. I pulled him aside, and he's like, uh, I brought up uh, the, the fact that, you know, hey, I heard you uh, learned how to throw the football over YouTube watching Joe Montana videos, and he did a double take. He was like, wait, how did you know that? I'm like, well, I, I know, and then he kind of opened up on his story. Now, this is a kid that – was born in Israel. Um, his family moved to the United States. I think when he's eight and a half years old, dad is, I want to say he was in jewelry sales at the time. He's in, he's in something else now in, in the tech world. And when he showed up kind of his welcome to America moment was uh, some family friends that had lived in the States, gave him an American football. He said, dad and had no idea what to do, uh, but they liked watching the NFL. So he started throwing on the tennis courts and, uh, you know, fast forward to now, he, he's uh, obviously working with some quarterback trainers and uh, his head coach, Matt DeBuck, is a guy that played at Texas Tech, played in the CFL. He has ran this kind of air raid offense. If you go back to the Mike Leach days, so they throw the football a lot. And uh, it's just been wild to to follow. He's a kid with, I think he's got, a you know, something like a four to GPA, um, just a really stand up guy. And I think just kind of in this era and this, you know, starting to even apply to the NFL, just the fact that a guy is waiting his turn, right. It is so rare to see that, you know, normally guys are bouncing around it and Murderger didn't attend a few different high schools, but he waited was the, the second quarterback believed in the system there. I think that says a lot about him. And, um, so we'll see what he looks like this fall, but I, I was at a spring game last week and I, I thought he was pretty good in, in, in two quarters of, of, of play. So because of that, he kind of is in that. I mean, so correct me if I'm wrong on this, but for the most part, the rankings are kind of sort of set. I mean, you'll see some shifts here and there for I'm talking about for the current class, but he's kind of in that unique category where there's so many unknowns about him that he has the potential to really kind of jump up on the boards. And if, if I'm right in that, what are what are some of the, what's the potential here for him as far as his ranking and just him as a player really? Well, I was hoping he was gonna maybe you know sneak into the Elite Eleven Finals. That that didn't end up happening. You know they they picked their twenty guys, but they seem to kind of like different unique stories. And, and Michael certainly is uh, is one of a kind. I hadn't heard anything like about anything about it, and that's why you know I, I went ahead and. And wrote that story. And if I'm going to be honest, Don, you know, we have had varying opinions. And who's we? I mean, I'm I'm the director of the team, but we have, uh, you know, analysts all around the country. We have guys that are assigned to regions and, and guys that are assigned to um, the national scope. And, and I kind of made the decision like, hey, let's let's pump the brakes on on the quarterback moves. And, you know, we just did a 2024, what I call the tweak. Right. So we move some things around, but they're really wasn't any quarterback movement we and the reason behind that is we wanted to wait to the elite 11 finals to 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 get it how we want it set before these senior seasons and and senior seasons are absolutely important uh part of this whole uh, equation when it comes to the quarterback so 
Uh, we're going to go through and uh, really audit, and it's not just the guys in the top 247 here over the next few weeks. It's, it's everyone around the country. And in, and in Michael's case, yeah, he doesn't have uh, maybe some of the resume, uh, resumes of these other guys where you know, their two, three-year starters have been the guy since they were in ninth or 10th grade. But I'll point to the fact, hey, this past NFL draft, there were two quarterbacks selected that were just one-year starters at the varsity level. That was Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who played a little wide receiver when he was at Bishop Gorman out there mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. And then Aiden O'Connell was a basketball kid uh, in the Midwest and was only only played one year and then walked on at Purdue. So, you know, that, that, that kind of is something you've got to marinate it on and think about when you evaluate this whole quarterback board. And last year, really, uh, Aiden Childs, who was making some noise at Oregon State, was a kid that was injured, had a COVID year, really kind of just a one-year starter, and he had a really good spring there. So uh, I don't know where Michael's going to land. Uh, you know, I, I would would be confident saying wherever he's – I think he's, what, number 77 in our rankings. I think he's going to be much higher than that. Um, I, I think out of the South Florida-based quarterbacks, so if we look at that group, I think right now in Broward County, you have three different guys committed to Power 5 programs. That's Davi Belfort at Virginia Tech. You have uh, Cedric Bailey, who's going to NC State, and then Michael Merdinger, who was obviously going to North Carolina. I think he's my personal favorite of the bunch. So, you know, I think he's going to shoot up into that high three-star category. I think that's kind of where, where he could end up. Is that going to happen here in June? I don't know. It might take some more um, live exposure or, 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 or more reps on Friday nights, but he's certainly a guy we like. And, and, and when you kind of pull other college coaches, other people in the scouting industry, everyone says the same thing. Hey, the ball jumps out of his hands. He's a natural thrower of the football and, and he can get rid of it. So uh, there's a lot to like, and, and he is definitely someone that's going to move up the board for us. So you you really endeared yourself to the UNC fans by bringing up an NC State commit and a Virginia Tech commit and saying that you favored the UNC commit over the two. <laughs> well, I, I didn't mean like I know that. it wasn't on purpose, but yeah, you know, Chedrick Chedrick's a, a big frame kid who I've seen a bunch. Um, he's got some tools to work with, but I I do think Merdinger is is much further along as a passer, which is a bit wild to say. Just having you know, this is a guy that hasn't started as many games as Bailey, who's won a pair of state titles. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess I did. I guess I did did kind of do that. Hey, you got to know your audience. And that's <laughs> that's part of being an expert. Know your audience as well. We're talking with Andrew Ivins, 24-7 director of scouting, talking about Michael Merdinger, uh, quarterback commit for North Carolina. Let me ask you a question, Andrew. You know, having not started, and I thought it was fascinating, you mentioned the, the pro guys or now the pro guys that, sort of took that same path in high school. But from him not starting, what are you looking for this senior season that sort of bumps him in the rankings other than, you know, what you might see in a seven-on-seven -seven camp or, or whatever? Cardinal Gibbons, I know the one in North Carolina has always been good, so I well, assume. They're actually it, playing each other, Cardinal Gibbons oh, and North wow. Yeah, yeah. I saw some T-shirts that they had made up. It was like the Battle of, of Cardinal Gibbons. I, I think that is... Wow, imagine the confusion that's going to go into that. <laughs> Thankfully, they're different colors. Uh, you know, Tommy, what I'm kind of looking forward to is what 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 is it like in in the in the face when the, when the live bullets are, are flying, right? What does it look like when that rush is coming down on him? And that's why it was so encouraging this past Tuesday night. I got it right in front of me. I had him like 16 of 26 for 200 yards um, and, and two touchdowns. He did throw an interception. And the ball kind of slipped out of his hands. But you know, just how does he handle a game? How does he handle preparation? I, I think sometimes with these quarterbacks, it's easy to kind of come in off the bench as a reliever uh, where you don't really have to think. You don't have to prepare all week for an opponent. And opponents aren't, you know, scouting you and, and preparing solely for you. So that's for, for me, just, you know, what does he look like on, on, the, on Friday nights when he is the guy, right? And everyone is looking towards him in, in, in the huddle. Um, and, and, you know, does he throw a high volume of interceptions? Does he turn over the football? Does he complete a high percentage of passes? You know, we, we chart as many of these guys as we can, and there, there's certain markers you're kind of looking for. Hey, you know, every X amount of pass attempts, how many times is he throwing a pick? And, and usually if you're somewhere in that 50 range, um, that, that's a really good marker. That, that's what a lot of the guys that make it to the NFL. And that, that's, again, that's not the end all be all. The Elite 11 isn't the end all be all for us. It's all 
live exposure points. It, it's a it's a process and you know different varying opinions, and you're just trying to get it right at the end of the day. So those are some of the things. And I'll say this: I know Cardinal Gibbons is playing. Uh, like I said, the Cardinal Gibbons up in North Carolina, but they traditionally have a very difficult schedule. Uh, they always play American Heritage, which is an NFL factory of sorts. So we want to see what he looks like, you know, against that top flight competition. Yeah, and before I give it back to Don, I was you sort of went where I was about to go with that. Just talk about the level of competition that they play. I, I know that um, it varies so much across the country. And one thing people ask on these recruiting shows and, and talking about recruits, and we've seen it. We've seen five stars come from low-level competition, and it didn't translate to the college level. But just as far as what he'll see uh, on the field down there um, relative to maybe other recruits across the country, um, how is that level of competition he'll see week to week? I mean, Broward, Broward is, is, is churning out uh, NFL guys a, a lot. And, you know, I, I think it's honestly kind of a down year, this 2024 cycle in the state of Florida. I don't think there's as many dudes as there has been in, in previous years. And I, I kind of, when we had this spring evaluation period, and the beauty of that is there's a lot of college coaches out recruiting, you know, run into them at practices and games. And I kind of bounced that, that take off a few different guys I respect. And, one of them fired back. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But, you know, a lot of these guys are really, really good football players, right? The, there's a, the sheer volume of, of, of talent down here is one of the reasons why we are, why I'm down here on the sidelines, why we're using that, those three weeks and using evaluation days to, to, to scour the high schools. Uh, I, I just pulled up their schedule. Um, but just to give you an idea, like they're going to open up against Shamanad Madonna, which has the number one wide receiver in the country. It's got the aforementioned Tedrick Bailey uh, at, at, at quarterback. Uh, they got another borderline five-star skill player. I mean, a school that traditionally will have 12 power five guys uh, selected. Belen Jesuits, another squad they play. They got a Notre Dame commit, a, a running back that'll go power five, a, a young guy in, in the secondary. So it's loaded. And then once you get into the playoffs, that's when you see the teams from Miami-Dade, your, your, your Miami Centrals, your Miami Northwestern. So it, it is a, a good uh, schedule. And I always say this, man, you know, I've been with some some different analysts and, and stuff, and you can go to one event in, in Florida and you can think it's, hey, this is this event is bottom of the barrel. I'm like four years from now, I guarantee you someone there will be playing on Sundays or, or selected. So it is it is a a, a, a Really good area to be playing football and to be cutting your teeth. And um, it, it just one other thing I want to put, you mentioned, you know, how do we kind of balance it out with with different states and, and, and the level of competition? I think a, a, a great thing for us in this previous cycle, Lincoln Kineholtz was a, a quarterback out of South Dakota that signed with with uh, he was no, he's from North Dakota. He signed with Ohio State where we were wondering, hey, you know, what's this kid going to look like when the lights come on and. He showed up at the All-American Bowl, kind of struggled through practices, but when we got in that actual game, I mean, he was a, he was a gamer. So I don't think you really ever know. Uh, you try to project as best as you can, but sometimes you just you just got to see those guys do it. And we, we try our best, and and we scour all different corners of the country. You know, we're not afraid to rank a guy from Idaho or or New Hampshire or wherever or high if we believe in them. So um, wanted to go. Want to ask you about a couple other guys also. One is actually. One of my favorites on North Carolina's commitment list, Peter Pazanski, great kid. You know, him is kind of, he almost falls in that category, does fall in that category where a lot of people say, well, if he had the measurables, he would be ranked higher. Is that far off with this kid? Because his motor just seems nonstop. Yeah, no, that's that's abs absolutely. And uh, I, I would use that term. You know, he's a high motor energy player. Um, someone I think we're we've been hoping to get some updated measurements on. I, I know I personally have. I've also been hoping that he posted what he did uh, in, in his spring game. I think that was two weeks ago. But Peter is a kid I saw this time last year. He, he played in a scrimmage um, and then I saw him in the state playoffs against St. Thomas Aquinas and I'm a fan. You know, he might not be someone that can play 50, 60 snaps in the middle, but I think there's def definitely a role for him. Uh, he, he, he can generate some some rush up the middle. Uh, he's an effort-based player, just like you said. And he's got a, he's a unique background. I think he's actually a lacrosse player, or he was at some point. But it's someone that has continued to refine his craft. And that 
a Tampa Jesuit program. Uh, I mean, when they send their guys off to college, usually they're playing early uh, and usually they hit. And a great example of that, Dane Belton was a kid out of there that went to Iowa, uh, ended up parlaying that into an early uh, selection. The NFL draft left school early. So I think it makes total sense for for North Carolina to to target that school, recruit that type of kid. And, you know, we'll see what how his senior season goes. But I, I think that is a really sneaky good take. And I've had other college staffs bring it up and, and, and sent them saying, hey, we, we really like this guy as well. So uh, I, I like that one a lot for uh, the Tar Heels. So another kid I wanted to ask you about, and so help me with his last name, because I, I, I might have been pronouncing it incorrectly. Davion Geis? Goss. Goss. Okay. I just call him Bullet. That's his nickname. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's easier to call him Bullet. So is, is he a bullet on the football field? Oh, he's... He, I, <laughs> Define bullet. If you're thinking like speed, I, I think that is kind of what the one thing he lacks that that true. I call pinball when I watch his film. Yeah, exactly. He's he's a, a between the tackles runner. You know, a guy that on Friday nights isn't going to go down at the first sign of contact. He's normally dragging defenders, uh, and, and he's someone at, at Shamana Madonna. Yes, they have you know a power five quarterback, the number one receiver in the country. Uh, and, and then another talented receiver, but they want to run the football. That's what that program wants to do. That's kind of been their bread and butter over the past few years. And, and Bullet's a kid that's going to get a ton of touches. He's already got a ton of touches. Now, I still think there's plenty of tread left on the tires. But to me, when I see him, right, and you picture where we are with the college, the college game and, and even the NFL game, it, you know, the feature, the days of the feature back are, are gone, right? Everyone's going with a by committee type of approach. And I think if you plug bullet into UNC's running back room, he's a guy that can get, Hey, 10, 15 touches, be your short yardage back. And yes, you know, if he breaks free, finds green, green grass, he might not beat everyone down the sidelines, but he can create some chunk plays. So uh, another good take for them a guy, I think probably going to need a year, uh, or two in the strength program to get his body right. I, I think there's still a physical maturation which can take place. And uh, I think if you're North Carolina, you, you should welcome that. You know, there is a bit of a learning curve, even though uh, running back seems to be the easiest position to play as a true freshman. Data backs that up. Uh, but he's a guy that I still think there's there's more they can get out of him. So his recruitment, and you know, let me backstory, as far as UNC's commits, he's the one I talk to the least. <laughs> I'm like, I'll send him a message three weeks later. He'll give me a yes, no. And that's That's it. That's all I get from him. Um, but his recruitment was really interesting because he is a four star running back from Florida, South Florida at that comes up to North Carolina, visits for a weekend commits. And then it's almost like he disappeared off the face of the planet. Is he, is he a guy that, that from what you've heard is still schools are still going after him at all? Not, that from what I've heard, um, the head coach there at Chaminade, uh, Damon Jones, he's been there for a while. He seems to have taken a different approach to this cycle. He wanted his guys kind of committed early, right? Okay. Uh, before their senior seasons, uh, most of those guys. And from my understanding, the way he's running it, once you commit, you're, you're kind of locked in. And in previous cycles, you know, uh, plenty of schools have, have taken swings at, at Chaminade guys late. And I, there's sure there's been a few flips, but a lot of times like those kids will maybe, even if they take a visit, they end up sticking with the school that, that they're going to, that they originally gave that pledge to. We'll see if that rings true with, with, with Goss. But to me, I, I think he would be, he would be pretty solid uh, in, in terms of that commitment. And he's, he's not one that talks much. You yeah. get this in South Florida. It's like kind of hit or miss, but yeah. they don't talk. They, they don't talk. And, um, uh, you know, he, he, to me, I can picture him and it seems like there's these guys every year, right. They'll play Miami and then they just go off against Miami, right. They yeah. get away from home. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen with, with bullet, but I, I do think there could be, you know, not a chip on his shoulder, but someone that could perform like, against the hometown team at some point down the line. That is Andrew Ivins, 24-7's director of scouting. Great insight into the Thank South you, Florida Andrew. guys. Yeah, that, that was fascinating. I um, We will certainly Yeah, we got to have you on again. Of course, guys. Whatever you need, all right? I'm going to get out of here. All yep. right, see you later. Thank you, Be Andrew. Good. Be safe. Don Callahan, man, you, you came through there on that guest.
I yeah, mean, that, no, that was an impressive um, get. I have I've known Andrew for a couple of years, obviously, and always has some really good information, especially when it comes to Florida kids. Um, but you know, North Carolina really hasn't recruited Florida a whole lot. They changed that with this class. I mean, they've gotten guys from there, but not like a ton, especially in South Florida. That obviously has changed a bit in this class. And uh, I mean, Andrew, Andrew had the information. The story on Merdinger was fascinating. I mean, I read it, but it was great to kind of hear a little bit of the backstory to the story sort of thing. What were your thoughts on on Andrew? Well, the, I was thinking about it. I mean, it's cool to, to 24-7, and I'm not going to blow smoke um, where it's not due, but 24-7, for him to come on our show and discuss it, I mean, it just sort of gives – it sort of builds out all the work you do um, from somebody that's down there on the ground in that area. And for him to talk about – you know, quarterback, running back, defensive lineman that Carolina has has gotten, and he's laid eyes on them and just sort of give people more perspective. I do find it interesting. You know, he he knows his audience about the Merdinger. Merdinger is the number one guy. You know, of those three, but for him to discuss what he needs to see as he gets to play more. And then the level of competition question, I always ask it, obviously I know that South Florida is loaded for the most of the, for the most part all the time, but people don't understand that level of competition in high school matters. Yeah. Um, because you get guys that are really good and they can produce really good highlight tapes, mm-hmm. but you don't know who they're playing against. And that's yeah. not, um, that's not just Merdinger. That's everybody. Yeah. that you see and so that's why i wanted to ask that question we're going to come back let me talk about johnny t-shirt briefly everybody knows this spiel but it's it's relevant and don one day i'm gonna get you to do it for me but johnny t-shirt sponsors of the inside carolina podcast sponsors of inside carolina's great content and certainly friends of inside carolina premium subscribers 10 percent off your order you go there you get everything you want jerseys baseball jerseys a lot of baseball content in inside carolina um, because the Tar Heels are in the Indiana State Regional starting on Friday night. But Johnny T-Shirt's got you hooked up for baseball, got you hooked up for anything you need, Carolina-related, whether it's tailgating, home gating, home office, all that good stuff. Check them out. Check them out online. Rate us, review us, subscribe again. Like the YouTube channel here. This is a live show. You'll get an alert. National guys will pay the bills. On the audio version, we'll be back with more Noon Dish with Don Callahan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice 
the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Okay, Don, 1237. People are into the dessert portion of their uh, lunch. I don't know what, you know, I tend to well, like. We, before, are you, are you trying to go into the top five? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm All right. Cause I had something, up. I had something, but go ahead. You roll. I'm, uh, you, you know, don't interrupt me. I'm right. joking. I, I, I will cede the floor to you. Where do you want to go now before well, we I get was, to the top five? Yeah. So what well, did you have something else? No, I was okay. going to go to the this top is, five, but I'm not going to admit that. Yeah. <laughs> this is, li- <laughs> this is live guys. If you can't tell. <laughs> One of the things that Andrew touched on a bunch and, and is talked about a ton on the message boards, we've talked about it, is the the art of evaluating. Yes. I thought that was pretty intriguing. I would love to, we could probably get him, Wilt Fong, maybe a couple others on and just talk about maybe not specific recruits, but just the process because I think that's fascinating. And I think some posters just think is a bunch of morons who are just watching film and with their guts out and their, their root beer. And, there are some like that. And then, and they just put the rankings together. But you know, a guy like Andrew who's on the road, who goes to every event imaginable, anything that's any sort of overlap I've seen. I mean, cause Andrew lives in South Florida and I live in North Carolina, but I mean, I've seen, I see Andrew a couple of times a year. That just kind of speaks to just his travel schedule, where he goes for different things. And um, I thought it was just fascinating with with him just kind of just opening the curtain a little bit to kind of show just how the process is done. Yeah. And I mean, I think you've mentioned it and we've mentioned it and we've talked to a lot of people and it's an art, right? Yeah, it's not. It's it's a science to a certain extent. You try to make it a science, but it's still impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Especially when you're dealing with human beings, especially when you're dealing with teenage human beings. Um, you know, one day they might be fantastic. The next day they might stink. Yeah. And, and depending on who was there on those days, that's what you get. So, you know, I, th- I think it'll be interesting to follow. I-, I wonder if Cardinal Gibbons and Cardinal Gibbons are playing, where are they playing? Cause at, I, at Cardinal Gibbons. Yeah. At Cardinal Gibbons. Is it, <laughs> is it the one by the Carter Finley? Is it the one yeah. down there in Hollywood, Florida? Interesting that, that, uh, Gase's name is Bullock given what's going on down in Hollywood, Florida of late. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Any, anything, there. anything left uh, for you on that? I do think um, probably the highlight of these shows so far was having Andrew on there. No offense to you, Don. I love you. But as far as guests, he was our first, but that he set the bar pretty high. So we got a lot of work to do um, going forward if we're going to bring. Uh, yeah, I think, well, we'll try to do this more often. It's always as you know, it's hard with the guests. It can be difficult, but with the 24 seven sports guys, it's, it's a lot easier because they get it. They understand. They know what we're looking for. They, they know that it's just, you know, what, what was he on for 20 minutes? So it's like basically a 25 minute commitment sort of thing. So like uh, Brian Doan would be great. If we want to talk about, um, you know, North Carolina's just not recruiting up, you know, in, in Virginia and in that whole Northeast area. Um, but um, but yeah, no, we we definitely need to do do that again for sure. Um, and we definitely want to bring on more guests. It's just a matter of fitting it sort of thing or, or fitting schedules and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and also want to bring on guests that are relevant and guests that folks in the chat and folks that watch these shows. Um, shout out to the 60 that are here. Um, the crowd is growing. Eventually, it's going to be big. So get your tickets. I don't know early. how you can tell. I cannot see how I, because I am the leader <laughs> of the. Uh, I'm the producer, I guess. But yeah, so I mean, we'll have guests, but we won't have guests that folks want to see. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I've got people that I want to talk to just for my own personal, um, you know, ability to learn about it. But we want to make sure that the folks that are diehards for this podcast that watch and pay attention to Don religiously 
um, have some input. So shout out those. I mean, you see the you, you see the threads on the message boards. You've got all our socials. You got our emails or whatever. Let us know. We'll try to make it happen. Players themselves are hit or miss. We've seen that, Don. Yes. I've even seen that doing the the you know the players lounge and, and the podcast that we're doing. Players themselves are can be some can be really good. Some can be not as good an interview. Um, but yeah, as, as far as guys that cover it and cover the art of the science of recruiting are fascinating to talk to. Anything else, Don? I, I, let me highlight a couple things on your scoop before we do move on. Oh, yeah. Do we want to let, – let's – okay, you go. But I, I think we probably want to – We, we always ju- talk about the elevator. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think all of those names are fairly relevant um, and would be probably good to talk about. But if you have something else you want to talk about. Now, let me ask you about your elevator. Okay. I see uh, two fairly important downs on your elevator. Um, three, actually. Um, okay. And they're all North Carolina kid related. Just tell us, in a nutshell, without spoiling it, tell us why you have Anderson Calloway and Amaris Williams out of Clinton on the down slope on your elevator. So, Anderson, I don't want to get into too much in general, but it's more of just not a fit for North Carolina. I, um, and I'm sure if you, if you spend a lot of time on inside Carolina's message boards, you've kind of seen some of the, some of the rumors on, on, on this, on the stuff. Um, so he's just not a fit in North Carolina. He's a great kid, unbelievable football player. I had him ranked. I believe I had him ranked in my top 10 in, in state. So I think he's a great football player. So someone's going to get a really good player. Ethan Callaway, you know, he's, he's a little bit of a boomer bust sort of recruit, I think. And, um, North Carolina has five offensive linemen committed. And so basically it's a situation where he has, I think he, his last favorites group was like a top seven or top eight. Obviously he's only going to take at most five official visits in June. So you kind of look at this, you do the math a little bit. North Carolina is not going to put the pressure on him and pressure is going to be need to be applied in order to, to attract him to campus for any of the schools that are in his top seven. So naturally, do not expect him to take an official visit to North Carolina. The Morris Amar- Williams one is, I don't know if surprised, it surprised maybe at first, but when I got, I, I thought about it a little bit, this was more, he came out with the top five and it did not include North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so some of that is UNC didn't pursue him very hard early on for, you know, some, for some academic reasons. Um, but um, from my understanding, he's really got it, put it together all in the classroom, which is great. Um, and then in addition to that, and so North Carolina did try to get back in with him, but at about that time, Georgia, Georgia offered him, I think last week, uh, who was it? Um, I think Penn state offered him, um, Tennessee is on him heavy. I'm trying to see what his top five are Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, Penn state, NC state. I think three of those schools offered him within the past few weeks. And that just really changed the dynamic of his recruitment. I think a lot of people thought he was going to head to NC state, but that seems not so likely now with, with the competition that's there. So that's the three down. Uh, Let's talk some positive. Let's talk some positive. See, we saved the best for last (laughs) Uh, Trajan Greco. Is that correct? Yes, I Justin believe so. Terrell. Two Georgia kids. North Carolina loves some Georgia. I'll be honest, I love some Georgia too. Um, yeah. Tell us why these guys are relevant for North Carolina's recruiting prospects. If, if you look at your know, two four seven, actually post it. I posted on my. I, I retweeted it. They they posted a uh, graphic. I'm trying to go look at it. Um, that has the where all the top two four seven guys. Here it is. Top two the states. The top two four seven guys come from. So you have number one. Can you guess the number one? Texas. Texas with 42. What's number two? Florida. Florida with 35. What's number three? Georgia. Very good. I thought you were going to go California. Georgia is number three with 30. More than California. California has 22. So obviously you're within, that's definitely within that six hour radius. You know, especially most of those kids are in that that Atlanta area. So definitely within a, a a six hour radius, easy plane ride. Also, my daughter does that plane ride all the time. Um, it's, it's less than an hour f- flight. And, uh, yeah, so you, so that's, and the they can't all go there. to Georgia. They, they, they can't, can't. All, yeah. Yeah. Georgia's not signing 30 kids. I mean, the top tier kids are going to go to the sec. So, 
And I think with the amount of talent that's there, I think it's easy for some kids to kind of slip through the cracks. And so that's what North Carolina is hoping for. Now, you can't hope that the entire group of kids that you signed from Georgia are, are guys that the other schools should have taken, but maybe here and there you're going to get some top recruits. So Georgia definitely is an area that you definitely want to pick from. Yeah, so that is Don Callahan's recruiting board elevator, always an important part of the scoop, um, and it's relevant. I'd be interested in, you know, if I had the time, or we, you know, we need to hire an intern to go through Don's previous scoops from the last three or four years and see how many elevator rides were correct and see if you, uh, if you nailed it there. I bet you it's pretty high percentage that you get right. Um, cause you, you sneaky smart on this stuff. You're sneaky well, the elevator, smart. the elevator though, is based off of mostly it's based off of like top fives, top sevens, top schools lists. And then it's just stuff that if a guy has committed elsewhere, that sort of thing. So it's not really a prediction sort of thing, but I appreciate the kind words either way. Yeah. Always, <laughs> always trying to, uh, give you some kind words. Let's move on. Um, once again, noon dish, rate, review, subscribe, all the good stuff. Wednesdays at noon. It'll be Wednesdays at noon. There may be an occasion where we have to record it early. Or maybe Don has to do it solo. Yeah, well, yeah, so June is going to get a little crazy in general. So we'll see. We'll see how. Well, and actually, I think I think North Carolina has a camp. We're, you and I are going to probably talk off air. I think one of North Carolina's camps is next Wednesday. Oh, so yeah, and so I and I will be. Um, yeah, North Carolina's camps next Wednesday. So we're going to have to figure out what we want to do with that. Yeah. So I and in June, whatever the the uh, the early twenty one, maybe the twenty second, no, the twenty first. I will be in California. So yeah. So North Carolina August. actually has a camp every Wednesday until the twenty eighth. Oh, so, so the noon dish may be recorded, but either way, you guys check us out. And we'll be here. Let's talk top five, Don. Okay. I said top. We did scary movies last year, last week. We did mm -hmm. uh, uh, TV shows or TV series. Well, can we get a that. shout out? First, give a shout out to uh, former MVP Alan Minton, who has finally made it into the chat. Oh, yeah. I so forgot welcome, what Alan. day it is, man. He, I, missed, I, he missed it. He missed the, um, missed the great in interview. He needs to go back and watch that with Andrew yeah. Ivins. 100% you guys need to check out Ivan's. If you don't watch anything else, watch from about the the 12:15 or the 15 minute mark to the 35 minute mark where yeah, Ivan's was with us and it's worth it all. Let's talk top 5 musical artists. I always uh let you go first and then we'll do it again. Well, let's well I want to go last this time, but let's get the the uh in the chat. Okay, so Joshua Fernandez throws up in no particular order. Avet Brothers, local, Doc Watson. A Turnpike Troubadour, Sierra Farrell, not familiar, maybe. The Dillards. That's an interesting list there now. That's I, a, I don't know if I could tell you. I don't know any of those. Well, I like Turnpike Troubadours and Avent Brothers. You know, they're borderline on me. Doc Watson, of course, is a legend. Um, the other two, I do like the variety, right? Because we see a lot of people popping up. You can always tell people's age when we do this stuff. Well, that's what I was. That's why this is always so dicey. Well, yeah, is, but you pop up like uh, Leonard Skinner. Yeah, you know they're probably. I, mean, I know who that is, but yeah, I mean that's yeah. He's not gonna be anywhere close to my list. You know? All right, here let's get in here with Minton. And if some of y'all trying to uh, don't try to be, let's take this one seriously. So uh, good stuff, Luke Combs. Um, have you seen ticket prices for Luke Combs in Charlotte in July? I don't. Is, is that is that a country singer? Yes. See, I can um, listen to any music except for country. I absolutely hate country. It's so not no. really country though. It's more like. It's more rock and rollish type. I mean, you know, if a beer never broke your heart, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Go listen to the song. That makes me funny. Def Leppard, um, one of the best one arm drummers you'll ever find. Def Leppard. Had the Motley Crue Def Leppard, I think, Joan Jett tour that was going on. Uh, I Prevail. Isn't that the song that did Blank Space? They redid the uh, Taylor Swift song. I'm showing my YouTube music. This truck. is so far out of my REO Speedwagon. You've never heard of REO Speedwagon? Come I on, have. I, I believe. Yeah, I have. I've heard. I, well, so I've heard of Luke Combs, Def Leppard, REO Speedwagon, and that's it from this list. So Taylor Swift did a Blank Space song. I think it was her. And I Prevail redid it. It's kind of a rocker. REO Speedwagon's a classic. I've got some records over there. And Morgan Wyland, I'm not a huge fan. Um, you know, I like whiskey glasses or whatever, but, you know, he, he bailed on a concert. 
not too terribly long ago. That's the thing about social media. If these artists or anybody really does anything sketch, it, they, they get blasted on uh, on uh, social media. But anyway, let's go. Um, okay. Let me tell you something. Joshua, I love your first list, but under no circumstances are the Rolling Stones on any honorable mention list. <laughs> They, that's kind of like, uh, you know, like Drake may make an honorable mention all ACC. No, it's at least first team, but good call there. I have some more. Hold on. Uh, Preston queen. So you can tell people's age right here. So, yeah, I yeah. so my dad was a big queen fan. So I definitely, I, I, they're not on my list. It's completely out of my age range, but I do have a huge, respect for queen and really like i mean i think it's unbelievable their their work to be yeah, honest i mean same thing with led zeppelin i would wager that preston was born in the late 60s or early 70s or he's an old soul you got queen Jimi hendrix experience led zeppelin laurel rolling stones and the who those are all your classic rock classic music yeah. stuff i grew up on that stuff i was born in the early 70s my brothers were older than me um so i heard many a day um of that type music Here's another one. Eric Russ, Queen, Zeppelin, Tool. Oh, Tool's a toss in there. Iron Maiden, Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. You got to give Michael Jackson props. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, there there are certain artists that I don't personally listen to. Maybe, you know, whatever. But, like, you just have to have respect for. Michael Jackson's in there. You know, um, Nirvana. That's where, They're not my, my music. But, I mean, a ton of respect for Queen, like I said. It's uh, it's fascinating people's musical taste. Um, so you're up, or are you gonna make me go? And Preston also mentioned Chase Rice in the chat. I like Chase Rice. It would be cool if Carolina would have a concert. He was uh, one of the first recruits I covered with Chase Rice. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, he ran out high school. It is wild how he parlayed his yeah opportunity and his exposure into a pretty successful um, singing career. I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to show my age, and then I'm going to show my Why don't you ever write these down? I never do. Well, uh, where would I write it? I, I, we don't. On a piece, look, I use I use uh, bills, right? Okay. That's my So note. I grew up, first concert I saw ever was Kiss. Still okay. love them. I saw a concert when I was like five or six or seven years old. I took my children 30 years later to see their first concert when they were five or six or seven. You can't be that, man. That's just epic. 70-year-old dudes up there in makeup. Metallica, by far the best concert I've ever seen live, and I've seen them a ton. But seeing them from the snake pit, you, you can't beat Metallica live. Um, so it's two different types of music that's there. Not, that's another where a lot of respect for, you know, but not my thing. Live is unbelievable. You've got uh, Prince. Another one, absolutely love. Hands but, down, top five musical artists. Yeah, if you of listen, yeah, skill wise and everything. Yeah, if you listen to his stuff, it's it's unbelievable. But not my thing. But yes. Oh, we, I can't wait to hear your list. But I, I saw I've seen Prince in concert a couple times. Have you? Okay. One was when when Doves Cry tour. Dude sang when Doves Cry in the bathtub on stage. It was classic. If you've seen the video, it was absolutely classic. And then I'll go to newer artists, and there's a ton I listen to, but I'll go to newer um, Blackberry Smoke. It's the Leonard Skinner type music. It's it's rock and roll. It is great. They're great in concert, and you can go see their concerts for like twenty five to fifty bucks. None of this. I mentioned Luke Combs earlier. Luke Combs was completely sold out in uh, Panther Stadium or bank of america stadium and like lower level tickets on StubHub are three four five six hundred dollars which is nuts i can go see blackberry smoke for 30 bucks um i'll spend more money on beer at blackberry smoke concert than you spend on tickets and then finally i like whiskey myers they're another texas uh band they're kind of a little heavier than than uh blackberry smoke one of the carolina basketball players has a whiskey myers excuse me carolina baseball players has a whiskey myers walk-up song which i think is pretty cool so that's sort of my gamut i'm more of a guitar drums rock heavy type guy um, but then you talk in prince and then i could go through all the r&b and all the rap and all that kind of stuff and all the classic stuff that grew up todd snyder love him if you've never listened to him folk singer storyteller anyway you're up all right, so do you want to guess just just what you think I might listen to? No, uh, 
I'm not going. I'm not going to embarrass you. <laughs> oh, where were you gonna go? Look, I don't get embarrassed. I I worked I with say, Ross for like three. I was gonna three, say like uh, Dolly Parton. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> no, I, I told you I can't stand. I can't stand country. My wife listens to it, and I'm like, dude, I can't. If we're in the car, I'm like, I cannot stand this. There's another, another one. List. Journey, Elton John, Billy Joel, Willie Nelson. Yeah, I'm not sure who that is. William Hung. Yeah, I it, think that. Is that the guy who was on uh, one of the first uh, American? That was Idol? that. Yeah, that was that dude. That was <laughs> clown show. Uh, right. Go your list. All right, so mine. Um, I mean, I grew up in the '90s. Love some '90s uh, rap, hip hop sort of stuff. So Wu Tang was my was my uh, high school stuff that I listened to going to high school. Was a big. Have you ever heard of cannabis? Yes, I've heard of all love, of it. Love cannabis. Um, obviously, DMX. DMX. So I'm not a big. I don't listen to music too often now. It's mostly just podcasts. Uh, but uh, you know, and then my daughter will take control of the radio or in the car, or my wife has control of the radio. I just kind of allow it, sort of thing. But if I do, like, if I'm working out and I'm sluggish and I want something in my eardrums, just kind of get me going. DMX is the best for me. Um, love some Tupac. And here's one that you probably heard of Papoose. He's probably the most recent. And when I say recent, we're talking about still, it's still like 20 years ago. Most recent, I guess, edition. Love some Papoose. Wow. Papoose. Yeah. Interesting. Tupac. I'll give you Tupac. Tupac's the greatest rapper to ever live without question. I saw uh, Digital Underground and mm-hmm. Public Enemy in Cat's Cradle at Carolina back in school in the early 90s. And, uh, he says, uh, guys, guys from Philly, you, you want to highlight that? Yeah. Do you not like Springsteen? I no, mean, how do you I am. Like look, I am that my mom likes Springsteen. And really, to be honest, I feel Wait like. Wait a minute. Now you're old too, dude. How old I are you? Am, I am 41, 42. Oh, I thought you were a little bit older than that. So um, the other thing with Springsteen, I feel like Springsteen is more of like a New Jersey thing. Uh, that makes sense. So, you know, um, so yeah. And that whole area, there's all that, you know, rivalry, Philly, you know, Jersey, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, my mom liked Bruce Springsteen for sure. Yeah, it's uh, there, the bottom line is there's a ton of people that are talented. There's a lot of crap out there too. There is and, a lot of uh, crap, and, and, and like it's brutal. So to and it. so, as I said, my daughter listens to stuff, and I, I don't have an issue with anything. Unless it's really bad. Like, you know who's really bad? And you probably don't even know who this is. That 21 Savage? Yeah, I know who that is. He was actually in Raleigh. It was in Raleigh. He was at the uh, Dreamville Festival. I I mean, I can listen to some of it. And my my boys listen to a lot of it. But I can't do it all. If the beat is good, I probably can do... um, But some of the voices are terrible. But I'm not a huge fan. And this is how I've gotten older. I'm not a huge fan with all the horrific language. That a lot of these folks use see, nowadays. Well, see, I focus. If you look at Tupac, first of all, his first of all, he's a very, very intelligent person, and was um, you know at a a school for gifted kids and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And so it's actually poetry put into rap. Yeah. And so it's very lyrical, and that's the stuff I like. If you listen to Wu Tang, if you actually listen to the words, Papoose is unbelievable. I also like Lil Wayne. So I mentioned him to. Um, I just love like the wordplay. You know, the um, what's the um, oh, God, I can't remember the term. But anyway, uh, we just kind of messing with the words and 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 all that. But like some of these who are just like throwing words out there just because they rhyme. And it's just like if, if I can make that same rap or whatever <laughs> it is, then you're not very good because I'm not very good. And I that's never my thing. thought I never thought I would ever have Don Callahan dishing on the noon dish about the state of rap music. I am going, yeah, I'm going to days. listen to the actual words and there's some stuff. I'm actually surprised. My daughter actually listens to a lot of older, I say older, but it's like, like Kanye. And he's Drake. I don't like Kanye. Kanye. So I, he's one of those ones I respect. Yeah. I think he's nuts, but I think I that's kind of part of it. Either. How do you respect well, anyway? Well, that's, I'm talking that's about a, as, as a as an artist, I respect him. The other <laughs> stuff, no, no, I don't. The other, yeah, I probably should stay away from that. Yeah, the other stuff, I do not respect from him. But as an artist and just um, his talent, I respect. I, I should put it there. 
we could go on forever uh, about it. And like I said, just a ton of different music that's out there. Um, who knew? Don Callahan. So let me ask you, I know you're trying to get out of here. Cash Money and No Limit. Um, so, you know, I mean, I like Lil Wayne. I mean, I like Ja Rule. Not Ja Rule. Um, Who's the other guy? Ludacris. No, I, I like Ludacris. Lil Wayne, um, Lil John. But um, No Limit I liked. You know, uh, Master P and all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that stuff. I mean, but like if it was stuff like my wife likes 3-6 Mafia. Where it's all they, they just have like a hitch and some great background music and that's it. And it's just like I don't like that sort of stuff. Juvenile. Yeah. Juvenile's the one. Thank you. If I'm going I'm, if I'm going rap, it's Tupac, it's P E, it's Ice Cube, it's Ice T. Um, you know, back in the day you used to be able to go to concerts, um, and they would call on like Budweiser Superfest or whatever, and there'd be like twenty people there. Yeah. And you saw I saw LL um but Public Enemy and Digital Underground in the Cat's Cradle jammed in there. And the fact that you go to Public Enemy, you go to Digital Underground and the crowds, the, the difference in the two crowds on a college campus to see those two bands was fascinating. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and then Terminator X came to Clayton um, with, with Nappy Roots um, several years ago, right before the pandemic. And uh, so it, it's pretty cool, but a lot of good stuff there, a lot of good interaction. Somebody mentioned, Rick Miner mentioned, no list without Guns N' Roses. You know, I like Guns N' Roses. Axl Rose is just, you know, I don't know. ACDC is another one. Yeah, um, ACDC is another one. I really, my, my, that's my dad's music, but I really like a lot of ACDC songs. You're trying to make me feel old. So look, I've got YouTube music, right? And I've got, it's got your super mix on there. Uh-oh. So so let's see what first comes up on mine before we get out of here. Oh, boy. Uh, fir- first song that comes up, Hey Delilah, Blackberry Smoke. You need to listen to it. It's good. Fix I've a Drink that. by Chris Jansen. That's, so uh, some of these, I might not even know the artist. I just have heard the songs. Because yeah, I do. Like, I will listen to just about anything. Yeah, Let the Rain Come Down by Brent Cobb. Great song. The Wolf by Whiskey Myers. And here's an underrated song. Hell on Heels by pistol annies it's uh miranda lambert and a couple other people but then you go down a little bit more i know you got soul by eric b and rakim so just a big mix never been one to be pigeonholed into one type of music the only thing i won't do is probably opera i can do just about everything else i, ever, I mean I, I i don't mind a symphony but i mean i don't know symphony is different that's music i don't know if i've ever yeah i don't know if i've ever like experienced or opera all right i don't know Folks in the chat, shout out to folks for sticking here. It's like I see people heading for the exits, uh, so we're going <laughs> to get out of here. We need a top five list for next week. We'll figure out the schedule, but whatever happens, uh, a show will drop at noon next Wednesday and for the Wednesdays following. A lot of camp stuff, a lot of work Don's got to do. I'm going to even go to a couple of these camps and check out what it's all about um, so I can see Don working in his environment. Cannot wait. Don, anything left before we get out of here? No, I think that's it chat mvp we will pick uh we will figure out who had the best list and we'll go from there sponsored by johnny t-shirt johnny t-shirt.com rate review subscribe check out all the ridiculous comment content over at inside carolina right now of course big basketball news dropped yesterday somebody in the chat asked about another recruit that's why you need to be subscribed to inside carolina premium you get that unc basketball from sherelle sean joey powell don callahan I'm Tommy Ashley. It's been the Noon Dish. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next week. The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.